Welcome, welcome. I'm super glad to have you all here this afternoon. Thanks for spending a little bit of your afternoon with me. My name is Caleb. I work in Disciple Makers headquarters in State College. I oversee our media department there. And I know all of you are, of course, here because of your deep love for pizza rolls. But I am here because I love hospitality. I've sat around a dinner table for someone's first ever family meal. I've taught guys how to do the dishes, how to set the table. I've had countless gospel conversations on couches, and I'm here to tell you guys that it is worth it and that God regularly uses hospitality to bring lost souls into his kingdom. I'm sure if we went around the room right now, we would all have different but probably similar pictures in mind of what hospitality kind of looks like. Friends and neighbors around a dinner table, inviting a family from out of town to stay for the night, stuff like that. And and all of us tend to have a pretty positive view of hospitality when it's offered to us. It's a nice thing to do for people, and and we really appreciate it when, when people offer us hospitality. And you've no doubt enjoyed the hospitality you've been experiencing this week at Dublin Gap so far. So why is hospitality so hard to do? And how do you do it when you're in college or right out of school? And what should or could it look like this very summer? As I mentioned, that we are going to later this week, we're going to look at 1 Peter 4. And it actually commands us to practice hospitality. 1 Peter 4.9, you'll see in your packet there, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And so today we're going to talk about how we do just that. We're going to unpack what, it, what keeps us from hospitality or maybe what we tend to grumble about. We'll then look at God's heart for hospitality and we'll consider the next steps of faithfulness that each of us might take as we pursue hospitality in our lives. If you aren't there already, you can turn to pages 58 and 59 in your packet for this session. I think I have all the passages I'm going to mention on that page on the left there. So um, if I'm quoting a verse, you can kind of glance down and you'll find those passages right there. Let me pray and then we'll dive in. God, I thank you so much for all these friends who have gathered here this afternoon to learn about hospitality. God, we're thankful for the opportunity to welcome people into our spaces and and to use the resources you've given us to practice hospitality. And God, I pray that even through what we learned today, God, that you would gather more and more people into your kingdom who don't know about you right now through the efforts of these friends here. And pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. (coughs) All right. So to kick things off, I want to hear from all of you guys. What are some things that keep us from hospitality, something that we'd be like, well, I could be hospitable, but eh, this is kind of hard. Or like what things tend to stop us? So just shout it out and I'll write it up here. What's up? Time. Time. Absolutely. We're busy people. What else? Money. Money. Space. Space. What else? Selfishness. Okay. Say more about selfishness. Why is that an obstacle? I want to do my own thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I want to do my own thing. Great. Capacity of patience. You said capacity of patience? Okay. Say more. 
Um, I, I, some people uh, have a certain amount of time they can spend with um, people. Sometimes you need time to yourself. Okay, yeah, so like introversion, extroversion, kind of like I need some time to myself. I don't always want people around. Yeah, that's great. Anxiety. Yeah, and I might even add to that, it's, it's just awkward. Anyone else? Energy. Energy. Great. Yeah, it's kind of tied to the capacity. Yep. Allie? It's going along with selfishness, like just not wanting to share my stuff. Yeah, my yeah. My stuff. Might get broke. No? Okay. Well, that's great. I think that's a lot of them that we all face. So I think we can, from this list, get a pretty good idea of the kind of things that, that keep us from hospitality. I'm going to pick four of those, and you guys mentioned all of them up there, and they're represented by the icons you can see on your packet. Some of you maybe cheated a little bit and looked ahead and, and gave some, but that's okay. Um, so we're going to talk about time, space, money, and awkwardness today. And some of these other ones will kind of be covered under those headings. But before I get into those, I want to offer a definition of what I mean by Christian hospitality. And it's right at the top of your packets there. We're going to define it as generously stewarding our God-given resources to welcome all people into the family of God. So I have it right there. We're going to continue to refer back to that. And that is going to be our definition. So let's start with the obstacle of time. Hospitality takes time. And we're busy people. During the semester, you guys are balancing classes, homework, extracurricular clubs, involvement in the fellowship. Maybe you even have a part-time job. During the summer, many of you will have jobs this summer. And certainly after you graduate, you, Lord willing, will have a job as well. And some of you may even be transitioning into grad school, which means more homework, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot going on in our lives, but it's key to remind ourselves that time is a God-given resource. Often it can be really easy for us to just think of time as something that kind of happens to us, but it's something for us to steward, and God has given us time to use for his kingdom. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 says this, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. As wise stewards in God's kingdom, this passage calls us to make best use of the time that we've been given. Guys, there are so many things that we spend time on in this life, but what are the best uses of our time? Well, there are only three things that are eternal and imperishable in this life. Kevin's going to talk about it tonight in our talk from 1 Peter. They are God, his word, and people. Those are the only things that are eternal. Everything else is temporary. Even in the midst of the busyness, we've got to make time for those imperishable and eternal things. And Christian hospitality is actually a place where all of those can come together. How might God be calling you to generously steward not the resource of your time, but his time as a tool to welcome those around you into the fellowship of the family of God. Think creatively about how you might be able to use the time in your day differently. 
I bet there are things you're already going to need to do on a daily basis that you could actually use to draw people into community. Maybe you could invite some students from your evening class to meet up for dinner at the dining hall each week before class. You could facilitate good conversation and ask good questions of that group. And everybody needs to study, right? You could host a study group at your place or in the student union building. You could bring snacks and a study game plan for everybody. You can use any place at your fingertips to exercise hospitality, especially in college. You have all sorts of venues on campus. Other places that you might host something might be your church, the home of another church member or friend, a local park, or even a restaurant. Anytime you're working to bring God's people together out of love and to draw them into the family of God, you're practicing hospitality. And so that's, that's what we're going to talk about next is our spaces, right? But I want to encourage you that your space is also a tool and a resource that God has given you. So you could host things in other spaces, but your space is a tool and resource. And while you can show hospitality in other places, there is something uniquely special about inviting someone else into your space. So definitely consider it. During college, my roommate Will and I felt called to build community in our Christian fellowship at Kutztown through hospitality, and particularly particularly in bringing both men and women together. The fellowship at the time was just very segregated. Guys and gals didn't, didn't hang out at all. And all we had was our small dorm room. So that's what we started with. Even with the hassle of signing people in, we packed 18 people into our dorm room for a movie night. We made sure to clean up and arrange our space for maximum friendship. We popped some popcorn and we invited people. And it turns out that 18 people in a dorm room is kind of cramped. So the following year, we got an apartment off campus that we called the Ministry House. The following two years were filled with endless opportunities to show hospitality through our home. Breakfast, dinners, lunches after church, bonfires in the backyard, video game tournaments, commuters staying the night after a fellowship meeting, and even one time a place for a drunk student who couldn't find his way home to sleep. Best of all were the Bible studies, impromptu worship nights, and the important gospel conversations that went on to the wee hours of the morning. Was it challenging? Totally. And was it uncomfortable? Certainly sometimes. But it was among the most fun and life-giving ministry that I have ever had the opportunity to be a part of. Friends, we've all walked by a house party or heard of the drinking party going on in the dorm down the hall. What if your dorm room or apartment or house was known for welcoming in friends and outsiders alike and having the kind of life-giving fellowship that doesn't need drugs or alcohol to enjoy each other? Even if you have unbelieving roommates or family, you could actually ask them if you could host a movie night at your place and then invite them. You always have other options if they say no, but you never know what the Lord might do. So what about money? And I'm also just going to talk about general stuff here as well. We kind of talked about that up here. I get it. You guys are college students, and most of you can't be throwing dinner parties every night of the week. Money can be tight. 
but recognize that money and the things we own are also something God has given us to steward. We read in James 1.17 that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Then in Psalm 24.1, we learn that the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. So what does that mean? It means that everything we have comes from God, and everything on the earth, both people and our stuff, belongs to God. All our stuff is not even ours. So allow that to free you from being worried about holding on to it for you. Let's be known for using every spare dollar and all of our stuff to grow God's kingdom. What might this look like practically? You could offer to make a meal for a friend or an unbelieving classmate. Or if you have Christian roommates, you could team up and invite some new freshmen over for dinner. This could even mean getting one or two fewer Dunkin' Coffees in a week to afford some spaghetti ingredients. You could even get yourself some pizza rolls. Friends, even with inflation, you can get 100 for less than $10. Can I get an amen? And if someone drops a drinking glass on the floor and breaks it, you can remind yourself that it wasn't yours anyway. You can count yourself like Paul in Philippians 3 when he says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. The principle is this, friends. Be generous with all that God has entrusted to you. And regardless of whether that's a little or a lot, use it to bring others into the fellowship of the family of God. Okay, so let's move on to the big one, the one that stops me the most often. We talked about it yesterday or this week. We're going to talk about it in terms of evangelism. And hospitality can be awkward, right? Or we can... Get anxious about it. Even some of the things I've suggested so far are awkward. Asking non-Christian roommates or family to host a movie night at your place? Awkward. Inviting classmates to dinner? Awkward. What about going next door to ask the other student who lives there if they'd like to have dinner with you and your roommates tonight? Awkward. Like I said before, this can be the hardest for us and the thing that most often prevents us from getting started. What will people think? Will they like my food? Am I bothering them? I don't want to be an inconvenience. We're often just fearing making other people feel awkward when it's actually us who feel awkward. I mean, would you feel awkward if someone invited you to dinner? Probably not. You'd be delighted that they welcomed you into community with them. All of these things, though, they can flood our minds when we're inviting someone over we know, but all the more if they're a stranger or we don't know them very well. Friends, God is calling us to push through the awkwardness and the anxiety and all these other obstacles to see the beauty and life that is found in the true community that is the family of God. Let's remind ourselves of the truth that God goes with us when we step out to do hard, scary, or awkward things. 
Hear these words from Deuteronomy 31, 7 through 8. Moses spoke these to Joshua as he was about to lead God's people into the promised land into war. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Friends, if God commands his people to go into war and promises to be with them, how much more will he be with you when he commands you to be hospitable and you go into that situation, even if it's awkward? Here's another helpful passage from Psalm 61, where David says, Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. In far more desperate situations, friends, we can look to God in prayer. God can be our refuge in times of war, but he can also be our refuge when we feel awkward. When our heart is faint within us, he is our refuge, and we find that refuge through prayer. So when things get awkward, and I'm sure they will, remember to pray and take courage that the king of the universe has commanded you to hospitality. And he is going to be your refuge and strength as you carry it out. So as we look back at these obstacles, I wanted to bring us back to that passage from 1 Peter 4. It said to show hospitality to one another without grumbling. We've been learning this week so far that Peter was speaking to exiles. Many of them were being persecuted. Maybe they may have lost their homes or had to find new employment. And remember, they were being actively persecuted for their faith. Surely their time, space, and money situations may not have been ideal. But even in the midst of a hard season and many obstacles, Peter still calls them to hospitality, and he is calling us as well. There would have been many reasons for them to grumble about it, but Peter is commanding them to show hospitality nonetheless. So we've talked about the obstacles, but why does the Bible command us to show hospitality? Well, that's going to bring us to our next point in God's heart for hospitality. In the beginning, God made us in his image, and even after the fall, we continued along for God's perfect world. God created hospitality, and it was present at the very beginning. We see in Genesis 1 and 2 that he thoughtfully designed the world for humans to live in. He thought of every detail, food, shelter, and even companionship. And he welcomed Adam and Eve into that world. He didn't have to bring us into his world, but he actually chose to, even knowing that we would break everything. And even after Adam and Eve sin and do, in fact, break everything, God provides them with clothing in Genesis 3.21. Through the Old Testament, we see God providing hospitality towards his people. He brings them out of oppression and into a new land. In Exodus 16 and 17, he provides food and water for them in the desert wilderness. If you guys were at fall conference, you might remember Jonah. 
while he's sulking and angry with God in chapter 4, after Nineveh repents, God goes out of his way to provide a plant to shade him from his discomfort. He's just uncomfortable, and God provides a plant to shade him. As we look back at our definition at the top of your outline, we can see that from the very beginning, God has generously used all of his resources to welcome all people into the fellowship of his family. Nowhere does he do this more than in giving himself through Jesus Christ, who truly enables us to be a part of God's family. You see, God made a perfect home and family and created humans to be a part of that family. But because of our sin, we were separated from God. Friends, the cost of bringing you and me into God's family was incredibly high. God himself in Christ paid the ultimate cost to take on your sin and mine so that we could be brought into the fellowship of the family of God. Talk about generosity. God spared no expense, even to the point of giving himself to die to give you eternal life and an eternal home through Jesus. But not only did Jesus make it possible to be right with God, but he also used earthly hospitality a ton in his ministry to help his followers understand what God's family was like. Often in the Gospels, we see Jesus providing food and drink for people. His first miracle sees him providing wine for a wedding feast. On two separate occasions, he takes meager and humble resources to feed thousands of people And many gospel stories take place at really awkward dinner parties with Jewish leaders, tax collectors, fishermen, and prostitutes all in attendance. We even see Jesus using the homes of others to practice hospitality because we know that he himself didn't own a home. And even at the homes of others, Jesus would do things like wash the feet of the disciples, bless the food, and serve the food to the guests. It is through Jesus, especially, that we see that true hospitality means that the host and guest roles are actually interchangeable. Everyone can share in the blessings of serving one another. So let's go back to that First Peter passage one more time and look at it more in context. We're going to read the whole thing, starting in verse 8. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We see that just like God's love for us and Jesus' love for the believers and sinners alike in his day, our hospitality needs to be motivated by love. As we love one another earnestly, hospitality should be an overflow of that. Verse 10 then instructs us to use the gifts that God has given us to serve one another and to be good stewards of what? of God's varied grace. In other words, God has given each of us some of his grace to actually dole out to the world 
through hospitality and in service to one another. Friends, what an incredible blessing to actually be given some of God's grace to steward. Because of the grace offered to us through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, exiles like us have the opportunity to share that grace with others. And those others are not just supposed to be people that we know. The Bible also makes a big deal that we're called to show hospitality to strangers. Consider these verses. Hebrews 13, 1 through 2. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to outsiders, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. And Leviticus 19, 33 through 34. When a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as a native among you. And you shall love him as yourself, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. God is using Israel in the past and us today to gather all people into his family. And one of the ways he's doing that is through hospitality. The gospel is not just a message we proclaim, but it's actually a community and a family that we have the opportunity to welcome others into, particularly strangers. Check out what Jesus says in Luke 14, 12 through 14, while attending a dinner at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees. He said, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Friends, see that God's heart for hospitality includes all people and that we're actually missing out on God's blessing if we only invite our friends into our home and not those who are strangers to us. Beyond that, this message, this passage here particularly calls us to welcome in those who are society's outcasts, those who are poor, crippled, lame, and blind. And if we should worry about the costs of this kind of hospitality to us, to our time, to our space, to our money, Jesus said that he will one day, that we will one day be repaid when he returns. And how much better will Jesus' repayment of us be than that which we can get on this earth? Now we can see our definition of hospitality coming into sharper focus, that we are to generously steward our God-given resources to welcome all people into the family of God. And when I say that, I don't just mean people who already know Jesus. Friends, the Bible is calling us to use hospitality to bring people who don't know Jesus into God's family. We get to show people through hospitality what God's family is like and show them why they would even want to be a Christian at all or to be a part of God's family. Before we get into what the Bible says about God's family, which will be our next point, I wanted to give you an example of what this practically looks like. What does it look like to bring non-Christians into the family of God through hospitality in college? Do people really feel awkward when we invite them to our dorm or apartment, or, or is it really just us feeling awkward? 
Well, conveniently, we are joined here today by my good friend, Mark Campbell. Today, Mark works on staff with Disciple Makers, but back in that first fall semester when my roommate Will and I started living at the ministry house, Mark was a freshman who didn't know Jesus. So Mark is going to share with us for a few minutes and take us behind the curtain of someone who's been personally impacted by hospitality. He's going to share what was going through his mind as he first entered into our house and how God used hospitality as part of Mark's story to bring him into the family of God. So Mark's going to share. Thanks a lot. Um, Yeah, like Caleb said, uh, I'm Mark. Uh, I work at uh, Wilkes University, uh, who's here today, and uh, East Stroudsburg University. So um, it's kind of surreal to be able to share about this because um, this is this very topic is something that has has drastically changed my life. Um, before I met Caleb, a little background. Before I met Caleb, um, I wasn't a Christian. Um, I grew up in a broken family. I was like the kind of guy that he was telling you about that's never really had a family meal before, you know, other than maybe like one-off holidays. Um, so never really had a family meal, meal before, um, didn't know Jesus, didn't know the gospel. I wandered onto Kutztown's campus kind of aimlessly, and I found the Christian Fellowship at their uh, campus uh, outreach uh, ice cream social. I met Caleb there, um, really hit it off. He was, uh, you know, answering all the questions that I had about God. I had already found myself kind of questioning Christianity. Um, And he just invited me to his house after the ice cream social. Um, That was, uh, that night, you know, I met many people that that really cared about me. There was a real culture of hospitality at, at Kutztown. It wasn't just Caleb and his roommates, but there were, um, many students who were uh, committed to welcoming others as as Christ had welcomed them. And um, yeah, I was really impacted by that. I had never met people like that. It, it, it made me uh, realize, uh, sadly, that I, I had no good friends in my life. You know, I didn't have anybody that, that would uh, ask me the kinds of questions that these people would ask me. They really cared about um, me as a person, you know. Um, they didn't just... Uh, and uh, and Caleb's hospitality, I think what I'll say about it, what that really stood out to me is that um, Caleb did hospitality without grumbling, right? So there was, um, there was no things in his house that I felt like were off limits. I was just sort of welcomed in. There was a open door policy. Um, the whole fellowship sort of uh, took advantage of it. For a while, I actually thought that the fellowship itself like funded it through like club funds or something because it just seemed as if it was it belonged to the Kutztown Christian Fellowship. Um, and uh, yeah, there I learned how to you know have family meals, and I I, I had very important conversations um, about Christ. I learned the gospel through that through that house. And um, what was really cool is. Um, it, uh, it bought me into the idea of hospitality. After I became a Christian, um, I wanted to welcome others as, as Christ had welcomed me. Um, I wanted to do the dishes. You know, I wanted to help make dinner, and I wanted to invite my classmates over to the ministry house, and this became sort of a generational thing. Even after, that was Caleb's senior year, even after Caleb graduated, the, the vision of the ministry house still continued a couple years afterwards, and and then uh, 
I actually ended up getting a different house and it sort of migrated and um, my house kind of became the, the rotating door. Um, and uh, I don't even know where, you know, I, I don't know who is sort of doing that at Kutztown these days, but there's sort of a, like a culture that, like if you've experienced this hospitality, maybe some of you guys even are Kutztowners, um, you've maybe experienced this and uh, you might actually thank Caleb and, and the ministry that existed there a couple of years ago that this sort of thing um, sort of snowballs, you know, and it, uh, it actually multiplies and, and it becomes something really different and beautiful. So, um, yeah, super excited to just share with you guys about that. But, um, yeah, I guess like a final word would just be hospitality is more than just, you know, sharing your stuff. It really is like, uh, maybe the the most practical way to share Christ with people. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Mark. So I hope that gives you guys a, a picture of maybe what it looks like, or even if you're considering asking someone who doesn't know Christ, maybe you meet someone at your fellowship's ice cream social, and you consider, hey, I could I met this person 20 minutes ago. Let me just invite them over to my place for dinner afterwards. Um, what might be going through their head and how God might use it. Before we move on, let's review where we've been. So we've looked at some of the obstacles that can come up in hospitality or what can cause us to grumble about it. We've looked at God's heart for hospitality and how we see it most clearly in Jesus' ministry. We've also seen how the scriptures call us to show hospitality to one another and to strangers as well and particularly those who do not yet know Jesus and are not yet a part of God's family. But what we haven't actually talked about much yet is what the Bible says God's family should actually look like. What kinds of things are we to offer to friends and strangers through our hospitality, both those who don't yet know Jesus and those who do? Well, I've collected a number of verses that are there in your packets under the heading of the beauty of hospitality. And we're going to look through them briefly. Friends, hospitality is an incredible gift that we have the opportunity to participate in. And as I read, I hope you'll get a glimpse of this beautiful family that God wants to build through us. I'd also like you guys to begin to think and ponder what next steps of faithfulness God might be calling you to take this summer and next fall as you listen to these verses. So we're just going to read through them rapid fire here. So turn to that in your packets and let's read. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Romans 15, 5 through 7 May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Galatians 6.2 Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. 1 John 1.7 But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Colossians 3, 12 through 13, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and 
If one of you has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive one another. And then lastly, Acts 2, 44 through 47. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I hope you guys can see that that through these verses, the family of God is one who fellowships together daily, encourages one another and shares meals, giving of their material stuff and their time and their space generously. It is a family that bears one another's burdens, that forgives and keeps sin in the light. It loves with compassionate hearts, and it results to more and more being added to God's kingdom day by day. God has not only made each of us who believe in Christ for salvation a part of this family, but he's actually given us the privilege to welcome others into it. So what could this look like for you guys this summer or next fall? And what would it look like for you to take just a next step of faithfulness to show hospitality to those around you, both Christians and non-Christians? Also consider what it would look like for you to show hospitality to a stranger. That might be someone in one of your classes next semester or a neighbor down the street or next door that you haven't met. I even had an incredible meal at my house this last year with a Muslim guy who bought my old car radio on Facebook Marketplace. His little brother had been coming to visit from Turkey and it ended up being his only opportunity during COVID to see inside an American household and a Christian one, no less. Think about the unique ways God has gifted you and the particular resources he has provided you. Think about how you could generously steward those resources that God has given you, including your time, your space, and your money and stuff to welcome all people into the family of God. So now I'm going to, in a moment, have you guys break into groups of two or three. We've got five more minutes here. And, and if there are any friends here that you're actually going to be living with in the fall, I'd love for you to kind of group up together and brainstorm together. But otherwise, you can just find a couple people around you. I've got three categories there in the bottom of your outlines. This summer, next fall, and I put a bonus one for this week at Focus. We have a whole week at Focus ahead, and I'd love for us to put some of what we're learning into practice this week. Maybe you could sit down at a table with students you don't know from another campus and lead in asking intentional questions. You could be the first one to hop up and grab dessert for the table or the first one to volunteer and wipe the table down at the end of the meal. You could even choose some of the free time that God has given you to steward this week to seek out a friend or a stranger and talk with them about what they've been learning this week. You could even bring them some pizza rolls because I think there's some left in the back. So... For each category, I have a blank there for one another or people you know or strangers or people you don't know. Um, So try to fill in each one of those. And then when our time is up, in five minutes, I will close us in prayer. So talk amongst yourselves. Sounds like you guys are having some good conversations. Feel free to continue these. I'm going to pray for us, let you guys get to your free time. Dear God, thank you. 
for this group. Thanks that they came here this afternoon to hear about hospitality. God, I pray that you would help us all to do the things that we wrote down. God, that we would commit to them. God, that you would help us to just take a next step of faithfulness, that we wouldn't try to be a rock star hospitality person overnight, God, but that you would enable us to just take the next step of faithfulness towards it, God. Would you help us to do that this week? Would you help us to do that this summer and next fall? God, would you use this group to, to win more and more into your kingdom through their hospitality? We pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.